It's the unstoppable freight train that is the New York Liberty. Jackie Powell here to talk about it. Locked on women's basketball starts now. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hi there, and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal, reminding you that we are thankful for you making us your first listen every single day. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever podcasts are available. The cost, I've calculated it, it's free. That's very good. It's nothing. It costs you nothing. Jackie Powell is here. She's done wonderful co-hosting with me at Playback when we've been having our weekly events, watching the games. Make sure you join us for that and read what she's doing at the next where she's covering the Liberty at Bleacher Report. I, I am Team Jackie Powell till I die. Jackie, the New York Liberty are a team on the rise. They are winning. That must be lovely for you as somebody who's been on the beat during a period of time where not so much. Yeah, I mean, I experienced a little bit of the winning at the beginning of last season, that five and one start, and then things went downhill from there. And this year, it's been a bit of the inverse of Mm -hmm. 2021. And it's been quite impressive as to how this team has adjusted amid the fact that there are still three impact players not able to play. So let's talk about who are the three, and then one by one we're going to get into them. Who are the three who are coming back and when? So you have Dee Dee Richards, who, according to some great reporting from Maria Marino, she spoke to her on the red carpet of the Tribeca Film Festival. Dee Dee's coming back this week. So that either means Thursday night against the Mystics, or it means Sunday afternoon against the Storm. Mm. Oh, and this just in, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this just in to the next, Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart is coming to New York on June 19th when the Storm play the Liberty, right? Can you confirm that? Is that true? Are you seeing a schedule? Yes, that is very true. Must credit the next, Brianna Stewart coming to New York on Sunday to play. Yes, and I think maybe she'll visit with some of the folks at March of Dimes because she's been coordinating with them. She did a live stream Instagram live with them. and But that's a whole other story. Indeed. One we will be returning to this offseason when I may be saying things like, this just in, Brianna Stewart is coming to New York. We will see. So that's that's Dee Dee. Uh, Jocelyn Willoughby, she probably will be back, I want to say, the latest early July. So we've got maybe two more weeks until she's back. And then Benajah Laney, I mean, they said two months from around, when was it? May 22nd, I want to say. So mm-hmm. that's around July 22nd. I mean... I don't know. 
Does she come back toward the end of the season and help them with a playoff run? Possibly. But the Liberty are going to be out with Benajah Laney, or out, or without, without yeah. <laughs> Laney for a while. And it's wild because Benajah Laney is this team's all-star from 2021. She was their best player last year. That was back before they were built around Han Shu, who we're going to get into, obviously, as we go forward. I mean, I, I joke, but it's it's not as much of a joke as it was a couple of weeks ago where she wasn't getting regular minutes. She got three straight games where she is a double figures in points. She has set a career high on multiple occasions. She is damn near unstoppable. I think the reason that I laugh is because I remember what she was like three years ago. I remember how hesitant she was. I remember how she couldn't really get comfortable in those garbage time minutes. Although, might I add, some of her best games were when she was playing with Maureen Johannes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you wrote a terrific piece, as usual, and it was about the Liberty bringing Maureen Johannes in. You, in fact, broke the news and then analyze the news. I mean, Jackie is one-stop shopping for the Liberty over at thenextstoops.com. But take me through what you saw from Maureen Johannes. You were covering the game on Sunday and how much it conforms to what you expected she can and would be for this Liberty team. So Maureen, Maureen Johannes, or MJ as I call her, fills a need that this team uh, has been looking for since the beginning of the season. And although Benajah Laney, she played maybe a game or two, she wasn't 100%. She wasn't the Benajah Laney from early 2021 to mid-2021. And that need is being not only a distributor, but being an athletic shot creator. Sandy Brandello and I talked on May 22nd. This was following some pretty disappointing losses to the Indiana Fever and the Dallas Wings, teams that New York believes are capable of winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to say, New York needs to be better than if it intends to make the playoffs. Correct. And when they played those teams during that week in May, that did not look like the case. And so Sandy said to me, well, on Indiana, they have Kelsey Mitchell, who is very much so a go-to shot creator and is very hard to guard. In Dallas, it's Arike Gumbawale. Some of you might be thinking, well, wait, this is a Liberty team that has Sabrina Unescu. Yes, but... When Sandy and I had this discussion, this was when Sabrina was battling some sort of soreness in her ankle. Um, Probably what was going on was she probably pushed herself a little bit too hard in training camp. And still, it's, um, I think what Sandy tells me is that it's about the quality of practice, not about the quantity. Mm -hmm. And this is something she has pushed with the entire roster. And it's fascinating because when Jonathan Cold, the general manager, was putting this team together, dating back to 2021, he was looking for hard workers. 
people who live and breathe in the gym are really gritty. And so sometimes that comes with a downfall and a downside. And in this case, it's working so hard that you get injured and that you wear your body out. So anyway, my point is, at that time, Sabrina was not performing the way in which she is now. And Mm -hmm. also from what we know about Sabrina, she creates a lot of what she does off of ball screens. And there was a lot of talk earlier this season, and she even spoke about it herself. She didn't want to admit it and say, I'm not as athletic. She said, the team is not athletic, which maybe one day Sabrina will admit that. Maybe she won't. Um, But the point is, this team needed a someone who could add another dimension, someone who could add more athleticism and quickness and be unguardable in a different way that Sabrina Unescu is. And also, Sammy Whitcomb was struggling. She was not hitting the shots that she usually hits, and she was turning the ball over. So the Liberty needed someone. And while they had their former second overall pick, AD on the roster, as I have written about in depth, which you should check out at the next hoops, although now AD is on the Atlanta dream. That is still a worthwhile story. Mm -hmm. Um, New York could not find that from AD. I I do want to point out something real quick about Sammy, because Mm -hmm. Sammy Whitcomb is somebody who I've thought the world of as long as she's been in this league, the shooting has to come back. I mean, she was a 42%, 42 42.5% three-point shooter last year on 7.6 attempts. Her career average is 36.5. And again, the turnover part, too, is crazy to me. You know, in 2020, on that championship Seattle team, her turnover percentage was 12.8%. It's 23.5% so far this year, which is not Brittany Boydian, but it's still significantly higher than you have any reason to expect from her. My question for you is, I guess, as it relates to Sammy specifically, do you think there's something about the otherwise thin guard position they've had over this past few weeks that has led to Sammy turning the ball over more? I mean, absent D.D., absent Jocelyn. Okay, Okay, so he saved us. But it did, clearly, right? I mean, it's got to be it, because that that is not the Sammy Whitcomb we've seen in this league. You also have to think about Benajah Laney as well. Mm -hmm. Benajah Laney would take so much pressure off of both Sabrina Unescu and Sammy Whitcomb. And so what the dynamic was in 2021 was Sammy became very much so the secondary, very much so the secondary ball handler. And then when Sandy tried to put Sabrina off the ball, Sammy became the primary. And so there were some growing pains when it came to that. And you didn't have Benajelani on the floor, who also could take pressure off. So that's why it became a bit messy. And that was why they needed Dangerfield. And but now Maureen Johannes is going to take even more pressure off of Sammy Whitcomb and Sabrina Unescu. There was an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous pass that Sammy threw in transition to MJ. And it was a transition pull-up three, off-balanced. It was beautiful. 
against uh, Indiana. Vintage Statue of Liberty. So we have more to talk about, of course. And, and Benajelani being out is a very, very big deal. The extent to which she is a leader in this team, the extent to which she matters to them at both ends. Uh, but obviously, again, we, we want to get into Sabrina's rise, into Han Shu's rise as well. Uh, but first, I have some fantastic news, and that is that I received a sample box from Built Bar. And it was concerning to me at first, um, because if you read it, what it says is radio host mud pie. And of course, my immediate concern was, oh, my God, is Built Bar making food out of radio hosts? But the great news, Jackie, is that they are not. They are not. It was for me, the radio host. Built Bar, the flavor is just mud pie, right? They're always coming out with these new flavors. And this one tastes like rich whipped cream, chocolate mousse. Doesn't taste like radio host at all. It's smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. It's 16 grams of protein and only 150 calories. So it's like your mom baked the most deliciously creamy chocolate mud pie, except it's good for you. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your cannibalism-free Built Bar. And tell them, Jackie, who sent you? Grandma Myrna, of course. That's right. That's right. So, Hanshu, again, is the MVP talk premature? Maybe. You know, should we not yet be talking about Hanshu for the Hall of Fame? I guess. But Hanshu, six foot ten, bigger than ever. Hanshu, more unstoppable than ever. Three games in double figures in scoring. In the last three, that percentage per synergy is 100 percent. I don't mean to go deep into the weeds. Tell me what you're seeing that's allowing Han Shu to be the center that we all thought she could be when she came to New York. Wow. I think it's a couple of, it's a bunch of things. I think it's, she's a little bit stronger and a little bit more mature. I think she has a coach that knows exactly the types of situations to put her in. She has a coach who for eight years worked with a very dominant and tall post player. It is also that you have also on that coaching staff, you have player development infrastructure. You have well-renowned coaches that are proven when it comes to helping someone like Han get better at their footwork. That is something that is incredibly noticeable. This is something that Olaf Lang has worked with Han on pretty extensively. It is also quite noticeable when you have players that post players that complement and feed off of Han as well as they do. And that was not the case three years ago. Mm-hmm. The players, uh, yes. No, just just you're seeing that in terms of what she is surrounded by, but you're also seeing how effectively she is taking advantage of those possessions she's getting. So so go ahead, but I, I've got some numbers I want to throw your way because I've got a comp 
that I continue to go back to, and it's truer than ever. But please go on. Oh, I think I know the comp, and I think, oh, oh man, I should have spoken to her on Sunday. Anyway, um, you know, you know who I can speak to, Mike Tebow. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh man, Mike's only developed it. We'll we'll let the listeners in on this, right? Because it's Emma Meesman. And so I just want to point out a couple of things that make Han Shu special. Emma Meesman, back in 2015, was a WNBA All-Star. It was where she really came into her own. One of the reasons was she was a big who, pushed by uh, Mike to do it, began shooting threes. Now we think of that as a fundamental part of her game. But she didn't make her first three until 2015. Well, suddenly she shot 46.2% from three-point range in 2015 on her way to the All-Star game. You know who else is shooting 46.2% from three? Han Shu. okay? So, again, it's the shape of her game. The shape of her game is remarkably similar. Effective field goal percentage, Han Shu is at 57.8%. Is a little ahead of Emma at 56.6%. We're starting to see Han's minutes jump up to where it's not such a question of production in limited minutes, but she's getting opportunities out on the court and getting that on a regular basis. She's up to 143 minutes played already, by the way, in this season, starting to average closer to 20 minutes per game than 10 per game. So it's all starting to really come together for Han Shu, there's this other stat that is my favorite stat, and it has to do with taking care of the ball. Han Shu's turnover percentage. Emma Meesman is known for this, right? Emma Meesman is known for this. And her turnover percentage, the year she made the All-Star team, she went from 16.7 down to 11.5. It's funny, I have flashbacks to writing this story about Emma back in 2015 as I'm going through these numbers. Her career is at 12.2%. First two years, 15 and 16 so this was a skill she delivered. She got to later on in her career. Han Shu's turnover percentage in 205 minutes played so far this year is in Elena Deladonian, 7.8%. 7.8%. This is just an incredibly effective player in, in any way that you can measure it. Last I looked, she was eighth, eighth in the WNBA in win shares per 48, according to basketball reference. That was af- that was before her last couple of games. So I, I just, I mean, I say it and you say, oh, all-star, come on. She's not even coming off. She's not even starting yet. From people you're talking to, does she have a shot at six woman of the year, six player of the year, I should say? I think she has a shot. And I think her teammates believe in her. And I remember after the Indiana Fever game, the most recent one, it was Marine's first game where Han mm-hmm. hit two threes. I mean, Marine set Han up for one. Then Sabrina set her up for one. Then Han also had two blocks. There was one monster one. I think it was on one of the, mm, was it on one of the Mitchells? It didn't matter who, but it was, mm-hmm. it was a pretty good penetration. And Han just absolutely swatted it with just so much confidence. Mm-hmm. And you see right out of the corner of your eye, you could see the Liberty bench. You could see Dee Dee Richards, like 
explode. <laughs> um, this team is, I think, super impressed by everything Han has done. And can, I, can I read you a list? Sure. Everyone says you want really provocative, really emotion-grabbing radio. You read people a list, right? I mean, that's sure. just, just common sense. Okay. Okay. Bree Jones, Brianna Stewart, Jackie Young, John Paul Jones, Elena Deladon, Asia Wilson, Emma Meesman. You know what that list is? Wind shares. The only players with more wind shares per 48 this year than Han Shu. That's it. And Emma Meesman's seventh and Han Shu is eighth. They're right there. Can I just explain to the listeners why I'm like cracking up, laughing, crying? Please, because I will say this again, because three years ago, I was sitting there covering this team thinking, when would Han Shu get a chance? She literally is a huge mismatch. And finally, we're, a, we're seeing her function in those mismatches. Why isn't she just getting a chance to get her feet wet? And there was this narrative that came across that, you know, Hanshu was just there because of the new ownership and that she wasn't really a great prospect. And, you know, people loved her because she was bubbly and just really tall. But no, it's Hanshu is a legitimate WNBA player. It's very weird to me that there's this difficulty for some people accepting that her being very tall isn't a major advantage in basketball where, and I don't know if a lot of the listeners know this or not, but the basket's 10 feet high, right? So it's good to be closer to the basket. That's not, I, I don't mean to get too deep into the statistical analysis here, but she's closer to the basket than like you, you or I would be. And that's a, that's an advantage. That's good. You want that in basketball, but she also can shoot it from everywhere. And you know who's blocking Han Shu's shot? Nobody. Nobody's blocking her shot. She can get it anywhere she wants, and she can shoot it from everywhere. This also seems to me like these are like useful things. These are these are qualities that you want in a basketball player. So here's a little tidbit about Han that um, shows her growth. And I mm -hmm. asked Maureen Johannes about this on the Sunday before the Chicago game. And I said to her, I said, so I noticed in the Indiana game, you threw a pass to Han and it didn't, it sort of slipped through her hands. It didn't really work. Ball went out of bounds. And after that play, I watched her and she communicated with you. Mm -hmm. She said she brought her arms up and was like, higher, get it up higher. And so for Han Shu, 22 years old, to have the confidence to know what she wants and ask her teammates to put the ball in those spots is huge. It shows her maturity. And Maureen said it shows that she's just so much more confident in her ability, in her skill set, and what she brings. It's fascinating to me. And I, I'm a big believer in big bigs. But mm -hmm. You run into the downside of these modern offenses and mismatches, right? Han Shu is not 
that classic big bid where you say, geez, how do you run things like a five out set? You can run a five out set with her. What do you do when the big bid is so turnover prone? She's not turnover prone. Like a lot of the things that you would worry about with big bids, you don't worry about with Han Shu. And again, I just do want to point out Han Shu would be if, we had an NBA Jam game for the WNBA, WNBA Jam. Han Shu would be, you'd have to have like a Han Shu, Sabrina Inesco. I say that because, of course, Arcade One Up is one of our sponsors. And they have the arcade version of NBA Jam. You can get it for just $399. I hope desperately they include a WNBA version within that. Uh, I grew up playing NBA Jam. I absolutely loved it. There are other games for you, Golden Team, Mortal Kombat. Check them out. Go to arcade, the number one, up.com. It's an early at September ship date. You get it just in time for the return to school, for fall, for everything. Dying? No, not your enjoyment. That won't be dying because you'll be getting a arcade game from arcade1up.com. So Han Shu just strikes me as somebody who doesn't have that kind of ceiling on her game the way like Boban does in the NBA. And I'm a huge Boban person, as is, ironically enough, Boban. Uh, that's not what we're dealing with here. What is what is Han Shu ceiling in your view? I mean, I guess it's tough to it's tough to say. I mean, it's nutty to hear Sandy Brondello say that Olaf has been working with Han on similar skills that he worked with Brittany Griner on earlier in her career. And it is nutty for Sandy to say that Han is grasping it quicker than Brittany Griner. I don't know if that's hyperbole. I do not know. Han obviously is not as strong as BG. Mm -hmm. But BG can't shoot it from everywhere, at least not now. Um, BG has uh, stretched a bit, which is impressive. And BG played her absolute best basketball of her career ever in the past this past postseason. She sure did. And and it makes me sad to talk about her like this, but um, I, I can't help but compare Han to BG because that dominance is there. But, you know, it goes back to, and, and this is honestly why I believe people have underestimated Hanshu. Brittany's an imperfect comparison. Brittany has a different shape to her game. I'm, you know, I'm talking to you about Emma Miesemann. Oh, who, yeah. Who is an all-star, a former WNBA Finals MVP. But Hanshu's six inches taller than Emma Miesemann. But is Emma a bit more mobile? Like that's that's the one thing. Like at maybe- this point, yes. At this point, yes. Was she at twenty two? Not so much. Not so much. I covered Emma Meesman at twenty two. It was not a dramatic difference in mobility. That came later. That came with Emma, you know, working her tail off to get to this point. And Han Shu, with her work ethic, is obviously going to be doing much the same thing. So what I honestly think it comes back to, and and this this has just been across my entire career covering. When a player is not like what they've seen before, people struggle to accept that he or she is going to do well. If you can't yeah. help them, you have trouble saying, oh, 
I can fit her into this box. And when you can't do that, I think, I think people struggle for opportunities. I think they struggle to get out on the floor or out on the field when I've seen it on the baseball side. I remember covering Pat Venditti, which I know is a weird comparison to make. Why is a switch pitcher a comparison to Han Chu? Well, no one had seen it before. Yeah. No one knew how to handle it. The Yankees didn't know how to handle it. Pat Venditti would have sub two ERAs at every level. But the Yankees, well, is he a lefty? Is he a righty? I know how a lefty reliever works. No, a righty reliever works. This was theoretically better, but they couldn't get their mind around it. Ultimately, yeah, you had to go to other organizations to get this opportunity. Fortunately, Liberty have kept Han Shu, are giving her this opportunity. And I mean, my God, as if it wasn't reason enough to go see the Liberty, to go watch a WNBA game at Barclays Center for Sabrina, or to see Benajah Laney play, or to see MJ, the Statue of Liberty herself, or Beck Allen, the veteran. You know, it, it doesn't, there's so many reasons to go to a Liberty game. And I say this, just, it's hard to imagine Han Shu continuing down this road and not being one of the reasons, if not the number one reason that a lot of people choose to go to watch the Liberty play. And one of the reasons the Liberty win games. Well, you also have to look at on the all-star promotion side of things. Han Shu is someone who they are promoting to be voted into the all-star game. And she is an easy fan favorite, as we know. Mm -hmm. They go to Indiana. I hear on the broadcast, Indiana Fever fans cheering for Han Shu. She is a very likable player. Not because, not just because of her size and how she plays, but just her personality and how she, her body language when she plays on the court. And she's very playful. Mm-hmm. But Howard, I feel like we're 30 minutes in and we haven't even spoken about the Sabrina Unescu triple-double. Oh, Sabrina plays for this team too. That's true. Yeah. Um, we should probably... <laughs> <laughs> probably discuss that. That's very true. I will say, it makes Han Shu obviously beloved in Indiana, which is known as the wind shares for 48 states. So I get that. But Sabrina has had some success of her own, although I do want to point out that game we covered together uh, last Tuesday, she did miss a shot. So you know, everyone's so focused on the 10 she made. 10 for 11, Jackie. 26 points on 11 shots. And that was the weaker, arguably, of her two games last week. Is I know we've talked about this. Is this just a question of Sabrina is simply put doing what we expected her to do back in 2020? I want to say yes and. Okay. Yes and because she's had to get used to pro defenses and how they function. And I don't think for any rookie, that's an easy thing to grasp. No doubt. And especially the type of offense that the Liberty run, even going back to the Walt Hopkins days. I mean, you look at Ryan Howard, right? And you're saying, wow, like she is the superstar. She She's going to be the rookie of the year. But the reason for that is because of the way in which that Atlanta offense operates. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta offense is the worst in the WNBA. If you were to take Ryan Howard off that roster, it, it would be even worse. 
Um, it's it's an offense, and I mean, I could defer to Spencer to talk about this a little bit more. But he did but a great speech about them on the defensive end. He did. But my understanding is that in that situation, the offense wasn't reliant upon making reads, and it wasn't very ball screen, pick and roll, second action heavy. It's mm -hmm. more trying to get Ryan in space. And I think that's Spencer's analysis, and I agree. Reason I bring up Ryan Howard is to juxtapose with Sabrina Unescu. They are two completely different players, mm -hmm. but they are number one draft picks. Um, I believe that it would have taken Sabrina some time to get used to how defenses were going to cover her. And also, I think this ankle injury, it put a chip on her shoulder a little bit more. I think it humbled her a little bit more. And you're seeing, I think it's a bit poetic that her first true season was at Barclays Center, which mm -hmm. it should be, if that makes it sense. It always should have been. 100% agree. And in front of a crowd, this is... This is a player who needs to be seen. And we joke about it, but again, this came back to what I've been talking to lots of people about, which is that if the Liberty are in a place where they are ascendant and Sabrina is in position to be the star that they have planned around dating back to 2020, then they have an opportunity to continue on the track they've been on. And if Sabrina is not able to be healthy enough to do it, then they've got a problem. It's not a knock on the rest of the people on their roster. It's the way that Jonathan Colbas built the roster. And it's logical and it makes sense. You have a chance to draft Sabrina. You do it. You figure out ways that that roster comes together. It's never about one person, but you can be derailed if that one person is not healthy. If Brianna Stewart isn't healthy, Seattle is not the team that they need to be. If Asia Wilson, God forbid something happened to her, Las Vegas would not be the team they need to be. Chicago Sky don't win without Candace Parker. There are just players who need to be that number one option. And that's who the Liberty need her to be. And, and so I do want to close, if I could, by pointing out that I find it fascinating. That Sabrina plays at Barclays Center. I was recently told that um, Barclays Center is being used for other sports as well. I want to get this right. It's okay. Interesting. So, so thank you for making us locked on women's basketball. You first listen every day. There is a lead called the national basketball association. So I just, they also play basketball, but apparently it's for men. It's for men. Um, it, have you heard this Jackie? Is this, is this new to you? No, no, it's, it's not new. It's not, but I mean, there's news, you to know, me. We just use the, the NBA as a way to, you know, get from one WNBA season to the next. That's, that's indeed. That's indeed right. The next hoops.com specifically. But make sure you go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board because apparently they're going to do a whole draft with all these men's basketball players. Host Raphael Barlow is on top of it from NBA Draft Junkies, and he's the author of the NBA Big Board newsletter. He's joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Tholen. He gives fans an in-depth look at the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and, of course, big boards. It's also free wherever you get podcasts. And all joking aside, our NBA folks do an incredible job 
covering that league as well. So make sure you're following Jackie at Classic J-Pal. Make sure you're reading everything she's doing. I'm so glad we had you twice in the same week on the show. And make sure you tune in tomorrow, everybody. We're going to have a very special guest. I think you're going to be very interested to hear. So until then, I am Howard Megdahl wishing you a wonderful Thursday. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. <laughs>